Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. My art flop could mean anything. This is Flop Culture. Hello there, you are listening to Flop Culture, a podcast where we mainly talk about flops, but we also talk about bops, hot goss, pop culture at large, everything in between. I'm your host, Vanilla J. I really hope you're well. I'm going to keep it short up top because we've got a lot to talk about with our flop. So let's go. We've got a Love is Blind update. Not a good one, unfortunately. SK and Raven have split following cheating allegations leveled against him. So there were rumours started earlier last week, I think it was. There was a TikTok from a user by the name of mhu 9 I'm 90% sure their video is either deleted now or they've gone private. But in the video, uh, that person said, put a finger down if you went on a date in April with a guy from Hinge. And then you see that he's actually on the show Love is Blind and that he met you after the show was filmed, but is still with the same girl right now. Not great. This person then had another video with alleged screenshots of her messages with SK. There was like a, a video of a DM conversation on Instagram, a video that that person had of SK kayaking. Um, and at the time, Raven responded in an now deleted video uh, saying, rumours are rumours and we're fine. That's my man and I'm sticking beside him. And then we had a user by the name of Hannah Beth Style. They posted a video saying that her ex had a fiancé from Love is Blind, but that he said to her uh, that it was fake and for money. Things escalated then again with another video, which I shared on my own Instagram, at J, if you're not following. She posted another video allegedly, alleging that she and SK had started act dating in 2019. They had broken up, but then rekindled things on a trip to Ibiza during the summer of 2021. So this would have been just after the filming of Love is Blind season three. Uh, she had loads of photos, loads of screenshots. And in these screenshots, SK is telling her that himself and Raven are just friends. SK had been relatively quiet 
Bartice, on the other hand, Bellatrix, Boulangerie, uh, he posted a story of Kermit drinking a cup of tea on his Instagram story. Take from that what you will. Uh, but then eventually himself and Raven both came out with the same statement, uh, Sunday just gone, on Instagram. And they both said, we are saddened to announce we have decided to go our separate ways. Due to the ongoing legal proceedings surrounding these allegations, we cannot provide additional details and ask you, please respect our privacy during this hard time. Thank you for following our love story and believing in us. This journey has forever shaped our lives and we are so grateful for everyone who's been a part of it. Your love and support means everything. Now, there's question marks around what they could possibly mean by these uh, legal proceedings. The main kind of train of thought is that maybe SK broke some kind of non-disclosure agreement by talking to the second user that I mentioned about being involved in the show, having a wife, filming, etc., etc., there are other people speculating that maybe it's all a bit of an attention grab from the two of them. I buy that slightly less. Like that argument is that they're basically just, that they're kind of fibbing and that maybe they were never together and this was all concocted so that everything could be still talked about. There's a part of me that just doesn't see Raven as that type of person and especially to be maybe, I, I don't want to say humiliated and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I suppose to be exposed and to be spoken about in a way like that online, well aware that I've never met the girl, but I I just can't see her willingly going into that when, to be honest, they already had a lot of good PR coming out of the show. She had a real like redemption arc. It was like a good news story in some ways because, you know, obviously he said no, but then they were back together. And then when you watch back clips of the show, you know, she's talking about how all these people are up in SK's DMs and he's like, what the fuck, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't know. Like, it basically people are trying to say that maybe they had some kind of arrangement and like, maybe they did and maybe we're going back to the Adam Levine thing where it's like, don't get caught. But then I'm also like, how how would you have that arrangement with someone doing a show like this as exposed as it is, knowing people are going to be talking about it, knowing people are going to be keeping track of your relationship? I suppose it would be different if they were still seeing each other, but then on the show pretending that they weren't together. Anyway, to be honest, that gets too kind of galaxy brain for me. I have invited Raven on to Flop Culture to have her say to air it out because SK is a flop and she did like the Instagram story. Um, I've heard nothing more since and I'm too afraid to reach out to her again. So in the event that you are listening, come on the pod. And we'll have a good natter. We'll have a good natter. So we will. Um, and I suppose uh, it makes more sense now when you think about SK saying no and the fact that all his family were dragged there and he's talking about being like real traditional and you know, re really important, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We should have known, like we should have known because you're telling me that man was going to be in a relationship with Raven, go to school, earn money, kiss his mom three times every week. Men can't multitask. Do you know what I mean? And it's hilarious to me that even when it comes to something like cheating, men are like, oh, men can't multitask. We should have known. He was never going to be able to do all that. And of three other women on the go. Give me a break. Sorry. Anyway, as I said, I'm keeping a short up top this week because our flop 
Oh my God. What a flop indeed. Picture this. You've just come off the back of two wildly successful and revered albums. You've impacted culture broadly and you have a fan base that would commit crimes for you. Now you want to prove yourself with a slightly more experimental project, but your team aren't on board and while you're looking to prove yourself, they are still chasing hits. This is the crossroads Lady Gaga found herself at when releasing her third studio album, Art Pop. From a messy rollout to beyond questionable collaborators, this was the album that was born to flop, earning the nickname Art Flop following its release. Almost 10 years later, I sat down with drag artist, crack mechanic and full-time CMAT stan, Maura Dara, to review the material and ask if Lady Gaga will ever remember Art Pop. Enjoy. Hi all, Future Fanula here. A quick trigger warning up top just to say that the following conversation does contain references to sexual assault. More Dara, it is a pleasure to finally have you on Flop Culture. I've rescheduled you too many times. I'm ten so times. sorry. If you oh. want to put a number on it, it's ten times. Oh, you have yes, been counting. Yes, yes I've nice. counted. Yes. That's polite as it gets. <laughs> How are you? Delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I am delighted. I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about. Oh my God, it's literally killing me. <laughs> I'm so excited as well because I feel like some of the picks for flop culture this series I've obviously loved but I think they're a bit left of centre when you think of the word flop but what you've picked is kind of the quintessential what we know now as a flop flop if that makes sense this is the birth of the word flop in in modern mainstream culture if you get it so I am picking like you could almost call this art flop (laughs) that is sort of did did you see what I did there did the listeners do you see what I did there yes thank you I'm a comedic genius she hasn't actually told me her introduction for me yet so I I, I live in anticipation but um, she knows I'm a superstar I'm launching CMAT's career at the moment you know I'm I'm busy I'm booked and blessed you're booked busy everywhere and I'm this is a dream come true because do you know I've waited about 10 years for somebody to take advantage of my obscure pop culture knowledge like, do you want to know all the ins and outs of art pop and what really happened? Well, why do you think you're here? That's why I have you here. This I is... want to hear about this because I am, I'm a Gaga fan. I would consider myself a little monster. I suppose when pause this up. album came out, pause up. Pause up. This is her third studio album. And I don't, I don't think I've revisited this album since 2013. Now that's and a bit homophobic I now. Know. Yes. <laughs> That's a bit homophobic. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's start this off with an apology. I am sorry. It will never happen again. Um, I suppose for me, coming from the two strong albums previous, Born This Way is such a special place in my heart, Mm. and then The Fame and The Fame Mm -hmm. Monster together. I'm not really sure, but it was absolutely wrong of me to not come back to this and give it the chance it deserved. I think time has been kind to it. To be honest, I've engaged with it so much more even just from your Instagram stories oh, before thank you, thank recording you. this podcast. Thank you, thank you. But you actually touched on a good point there, like like, t- like Time's the Greatest Healer, blah, 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 all this. Things become camp over time. And Gaga knows this herself. If you look at her 2019 Met Gala, right, it was like camp. Now, it wasn't exactly looking camp in the eye. Oh God, what do you call her? Cardi Kloss. Cardi Kloss, yes. <laughs> so I was God, just putting you on the side. Yeah, she was looking camp right in the eye and came out in like a feckin' uh, boohoo shine dress. <laughs> but um, no, this is camp over time because this was little monsters listening to this. We were fighting for our lives defending this album from about August 2013 till about, you know, middle 2014. It was a stressful, stressful time because literally anything that could have gone wrong 
did go wrong for this. It was it was Murphy's Law, basically. Sorry, sorry, not uh, referencing Roisin Murphy. You're going to get a lot of that throughout <laughs> um, uh, the podcast. Yeah, it's constant. Uh, it's just constant references. We love a reference. We do. Unafraid love reference. to reference or not reference. Yeah. Put it in a blender. Shit on it. Vomit <laughs> on it. Eat it. Give birth to it. And this was the birth of the flop. Truly was. Now it was commercially still quite successful, mm-hmm. but even then. Commercially, it was a flop by Gaga standards. So it went number one in the US. Uh, same in Austria, Croatia, Japan, Mexico, Scotland, the UK. Shout Chartered, out to all those countries. Yeah, charted yeah. in the top five, Australia, Belgium, Canada, Czech Republic, Denmark. We're amongst them as well. We clearly don't have taste, unfortunately. Do you know what was the number one album? I don't, actually. Eminem. And this is Marshall what, Mathers LP2. That's oh. right. Well done for knowing the name. The straights I did. do be straightened. But what were straight people doing at this time in their lives? Good question. This you is tell just because, I, I, as I said, the gays were fighting for their lives. It's just even looking back on this, and like I, I was at our concert twice. Uh, over the summer, sorry, I have money, but not enough. <laughs> but not enough for a mortgage. Not enough for a mortgage. So it's it, it's that. But it was literally just a case of like she di- she didn't play art pop, and she hasn't even referenced it in recent times. I think she did a TikTok. I am on the TikTok, but um, I'm nearly thirty, so I don't like saying that out loud. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just insane. I just, I, I keep saying that again, but it's just like, I just, this is just so chaotic. This is the chaotic twink of, this is me. I am a mess. This album is just misunderstood, majorly controversial, right? But at the end, she didn't get cancelled, which baffles me. Mm. I'm not saying, like, in sort of by standard, sorry, Katy Perry cut her hair and bleached her hair and we never forgave her. (laughs) Kim Kardashian released this edited phone call conversation and Taylor Swift went into hiding for about two years. The stuff that went down during this era and Gaga bounced back the next year with Tony Bennett, cheek to cheek, like talented, brilliant, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, spectacular. It's just, it's so interesting when you look at Gaga's journey and look at this point, because I suppose I've mentioned the albums previous. She was really, really, truly peaking. It was like she was untouchable, couldn't go any higher off the back of the success of the last three albums. These massive tours, like making loads and loads of money. It just seemed like the only way was up. This came out and for loads of reasons we'll get into, as you mentioned, there's the controversy, like really distasteful collaborators. Mm. I mean, the themes, mm. uh, I suppose the whole promotion and rollout, mm-hmm. maybe the singles choices, mm-hmm. the genres of it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was just, it. something about it didn't... It sit. alienated you. Yeah, I but think I feel it, like, did it alienate... I don't think it alienated Little Monsters and I think now and I don't think it alienated her fan base because even listening now I'm like this makes total sense to them it makes total sense when you have it as kind of a a side by side with Mm. Chromatica in a way it's like Chromatica's dirty little sister like the prototype for it do we love it? Yeah we love it Nasty so nasty and so mean (laughs) But it's it was almost I feel like in a way it wasn't accessible enough for the mainstream and that's why people turned away from it. But that's kind of mad because it's not that it's like this mad. In ways it's very avant-garde and in ways it's innovative and pushes mm-hmm. the boat out. But in other ways it's just a dance record. It's an EDM record. It's a club record. It's, you see, this is this is the thing that she, uh, that Gaga's a mark against her. And I also think Taylor Swift falls into this, uh, is this category as well. Just stop talking about the album. Let the music speak. 
a song by ABBA I forget I forget the album but literally just like she when she was promoting this before the singles came out and even applause the the phrase she constantly used was reverse Warholian experience, right? So I don't know what the fuck that means. I honest <laughs> to God, I don't know. Like it was so poetic and then she was trying to build this up as being something culturally sophisticated. But then just what ensued from August onwards, it was just, it didn't match up to what was saying. I think she was setting expectations even higher. Like she made this album during the Born This Way Ball, which was like, I queued for about 13 hours to get into the Aviva. Yes, I'm that insane of a monster. As a, as a result, I actually hate the fan base now. <laughs> I've queued, I queued for Art Pop, I queued for Born This Way Ball, and recently I queued for the Chromatica Ball. Never again. I'm just like, afterwards, I was just like, I'm too old to be doing this shit. You mentioned the things she was saying. So in an interview with MTV, when she was talking about our pop, she said, when you listen to it, it really flows nicely. It's really fun to pop in with your friends. I really wrote it for me and my friends to pop in from start to finish. In another interview, she said, for our pop, I, in the most metaphorical explanation, stood in front of a mirror, took off the wig, I took off the makeup and I unzipped the outfit and I put on, put a black cap on my head, cover my body in a black cat suit and I looked in the mirror and I said, okay, you need to show them you can be brilliant without that. And that's what our pop is all about because I knew that if I wanted to grow, if I really wanted to innovate from the inside, if I, I had to do something that was almost impossible for me. But then in a review that I read, I think it was... I think it was Pitchfork. I think it was a retroactive review. They kind of talked about how, you know, that it was like because of how much she was referencing yes. the art and like talking about it being art, interpretations of art. Have you ever let an IADT or an NCD student talk at length about art? <laughs> Not to shit on them, sorry. But it's just like, it just came across a bit too, like, well done, you know Botticelli, you know Jeff Koontz, you know Amrina Abramovich. Sorry if I'm butchering that pronunciation. It's just... Shut up in yeah. the nicest way possible. Like, just shut up. Well, also, well done. You've done your research. There you go. Where you're not just coming up and being like, yeah, yeah, I get that, yeah. Why do you think she was acting like that and working with those people? You mentioned Marina Abramovich there. Like, she did, she was working with Millie Brown as well, who's an artist that's mm-hmm. also working with Vomit, which, I mean, yes. whatever you're into, I suppose. There was the app, which we'll talk about as well in a second. <laughs> like, why was she so... She, in a way, she was an artist that had nothing to prove, but just seemed... Like, she talks about stripping everything back for this album, and in a way, she does. And in another way, she doesn't. she's not. She's it's all bells and whistles. It's all... It's, like, so, it's too chaotic. It's, yeah. all, it's all over the place. I just... I think this is going to make sense when, I, when, 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 we'll, when we'll get back to this, but I think she realised she was Lady Gaga too soon into her career. It was just a case of like, I know, like she, she transformed the whole world of pop as we know it. Like, and like, even as recently as such, she's even, be, even been hailed as the last greatest pop star on the world because there's just something so theatrical and unique. Sorry, that's uh, my, e- thank you, thank you. That was on tune. But um, <laughs> it's just, she, I have to, you have to, I remember yourself, like she was 25, 26 when she was making this album. So she was, like, she was younger than I am. Sorry, I am old. I'm, I, I, I've, I've moved up to Otter on the Grinder <laughs> tribes now. But um, it's just, she, there was a sense, I think she was getting to know the world or something. Because when, when you're writing your first two albums, not that I've written albums, but <laughs> there's a certain sense of naivete. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're young, you're dumb, 
full of cum, probably. It rhymed. Well, in my case, I was. So she's she's sort of coming into her own self as she's like, I am Lady Gaga and I can do this. It's just how she went about it. But then if you've watched the Vanity Fair um interview right sorry she knew who she was at every moment in her life she yeah. got that book and she doesn't know what images are coming up I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this what socks are you wearing today no don't look at them without looking at them oh What's, okay they're just and, and where did you get them they're plain white socks and I can't remember where see even down to her socks she she could tell Vanity Fair where she got the socks Now, this is the American Music Awards, and I wanted to do something fun and exciting and whimsical, and I thought, why not come to the American Music Awards as the actual ad for my Versace campaign with Donatella? So I wanted to arrive as this, you know, Italian goddess that she had turned me into for the campaign. If we'd like to include my accessories, for example, my purse this evening was a mechanical horse. We decided to wear the horse as a way to get onto the red carpet, but we wanted it to be exciting, so we painted her white. But guess what the horse is made out of? Chanel purses. So that horse is my purse. So in terms of her fashion, she knew who she was at every single moment of her life. So it really does play into this, that behind the scenes, i.e. the label, there was just loads of bullshit and catfights happening. Because there was a certain things that happened throughout this era. She even said the overall consensus of that she said that this album was mismanaged. Which in a sense, you can sort of agree with because she is the pop star i.e. she is the artist. And how is the artist supposed to work without their tools? Yeah. I.e. their management, their label. So yeah. there's a big sense of letdown. Also, an uh, interesting thing to note about this, she she broke her fucking hip. Mm. She was dancing with a twink in Canada and broke her hip on stage. So like, she's literally immediately letting, feeling like she's letting down 50,000 people. She... She cancels the rest of her tour. That happened in 2000 and... I think that, that was 2012. Yeah. But... The next year she comes out with the album. It's just like she didn't even use... Sorry, there's a there's a famous image of her in like a 24-carat wheelchair. Like she didn't even use the whole injury to sort of go away. She was constantly in the media. She was constantly... She kept the fans fed. Yeah. She she served I8. Yeah. I think as the TikToks would say. Um, the DJ. producers that she worked like on with... Mm-hmm. on this record so like Zed, DJ Whitesnake they all spoke about her mm. or one of them mentioned that it was like she'd be off the stage she'd be in the studio like mm. there was no she there was no concept of free time for no. her and I can imagine working through this pain and as you mentioned mm-hmm. the issues with management so this was like a week before our pop was supposed to be out she split yes. from her manager mm-hmm. Troy Carter saying that there were like kind of creative differences and then later on I think she suggested there was kind of greed on his part so maybe he was looking at this album being like Clearly, because it's not the same as Born This Way. No. I, do, I still, it's not as accessible. No. I still don't think it's that far it's, the other way. It is the dreaming Kate Bush of her career. That is just like, that. that's when she, she it got just got a bit too artsy fartsy for yeah. want of a better word. But it's but it's not it's not it's not an artsy fartsy album now. It's no, like, absolutely no, not. No, I th- I think, I think we can all listen to it. And like, I think we can all appreciate how camp and yeah, literally, it's camp. It is camp. It's camp. What are your first memories of it? Oh God! So 
so this came out in November 2013. See, this is this is a very cute album and it does hold a very special place in my heart because I came out in September 2013. So this was sort of the first Gaga album I could experience as an out queer. So like I was like my Facebook was insane. I was posting about Gaga every day. It was my uh, it, it it was the what is it the cover photos? Yes, I cover photos all that. I was like on. I was being like I need to be as gay as I possibly can. Just like any gay who gets out of the closet, it's just like I need to eliminate any sense of me being straight. Yeah. Even though everyone else knew, but everyone well everyone else did know. But it's a case of I wasn't happy with myself. Blah mm. blah blah. This isn't a counselling session. We'll get on to that. <laughs> it so, can be. Uh, it can be. Art is healing. Art could be anything. My art pop could mean anything. Counseling could mean anything. It could mean anything. It literally could mean anything. But the one, the week this came out, I just have such, such nice memories. We were in war, Andrew Lane's theatre. Were you? I went to war. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're not you're not that much younger they than had me. That's a Nicki good. Nicki Minaj mega mix on the last time I was there. Yes. It was, and they played Whip It. It was very good. Can I just say? Yeah. Myself and Brian Lambert, who <gasps> Brian Lambert, who does the artwork for this gorgeous podcast. Still the cover photo on Facebook. <gasps> oh my god! I went onto that page last night. That's how I recognise you. <laughs> oh my god! I literally just like, oh, I need to find pictures of of myself. Oh, for, for, okay, in well, okay, we're pulling that for the Instagram. Yeah, Adam, get Adam that and for Brian, the gram. Flop culture, the origins before I even existed when I was a twinkle in God's yeah. pocket. In awfully. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Maura was like, I, because I, he was, I was like, where were you traveling from? Because I couldn't remember. And Maura yeah. was like, RD. And I was like, oh, I had a brain fart. I was like, where's that again? Maura was like, loud, obviously. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I forgot. And yeah. then she was like, oh, sure, you're from Offaly. And I was like, excuse me. And then, sorry, Maura said, I give Brian Cowan energy. <laughs> Brian Cowan vibes. <laughs> I can't believe I continue to record this podcast. I know, I can't believe, I'm I'm about to be cancelled now, yes. Imminently. Um, You have fond memories of it. How do you feel about it now? We're coming up to nearly 10 years. So it's not, yeah, 10 years next year. I just feel, I just feel like it's camp. I literally listen, listening to it over the past three months because that's how long you've been uh, cancelling this interview. Um, <laughs> I, I've had so much fun getting into it, uh, getting, like reliving all the performances. And like, it's, I'm not looking at it with like a judging eye this time or trying like she's trying to prove something. I'm just like, like it happened. Like just, it's just, like we'll get into the songs. Like it's just really camp. I keep saying that. Is it camp? I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah, Because I think that was my issue. I listened to it and was too judgmental about it. And to be honest... You judgmental bitch. I didn't love... I didn't love applause. And then... Oh, thank you. Sorry. Okay, Little Monsters, you're going to be in... So the first lead single was applause. I don't like it. I don't like it, right? I think Uh, it's... It's it's tepid. I think it's Madonna light. I see what she's trying to do. No. It's it's not her her best. It's not her best. And like... Gays love it and gays, like, there's so many gays like, applause is the best song and art pop. I'm just like, what way are you hearing this? There's, gays really do, obviously I'm gay so I get pissed off by other gays. That's just the way it works. There's nothing I can do about that. But there's, there's certain songs that gays love and I'm just like, why? This is what, there's, I have a top three. Applause okay. is one of them. Okay. The other two, are you going to, do you want to ask me the yeah, other two? Yeah, of course. Oh, what thank are the you, other thank two? You, oh, oh, you want to know more. Thank you, thank you. Oh, she's trying to get, it's trying to get uh, blood from a stone to get a tiny, little, tiny compliment out of you. No, so the other two songs are one. This is gonna this is gonna upset you based on what you just uh, found out this morning. Carly Rae Jepsen, cut to the feeling. I don't. I don't love that either. That, wow. I don't okay. love it either. We I think, are relating. Right? No, I like all of her other yeah. stuff that is like hyped. Anything. But, I'm like mm. for gays who love that. I'm just like 
you don't want to cut to the feeling. You want to cut to the ghosting. You don't, you don't, you don't want to, you, you want to cut to the feeling, really? You want to cut stringing me along? We talked about applause and like why, like we obviously don't, don't yeah. like it. Again, so, commercially did very well. But, but Baga doesn't like it. Sorry, I can argue this, right? Okay. So. Has she said this? She hasn't said it, but what happened proves it, right? Okay. So, I think Jimmy Iveen, Jeremy Iveen, somebody in Interscope literally went, no Gaga, that's not the first single. Your first single is going to be applause. What Gaga wanted was the first single to be Aura, right? Okay. So. Aura is so good. And a great you. opener. A great, great opener, opener, right? So there was a, I, I went on to Gaga Daily every single day from about 2008 till about 2014. Even in the morning of each uh, exam of my leave and cert, I say she cost me about 100 points how much I got obsessed with Born <laughs> This Way. Like instead of, instead of learning me, me maths trigonometry theorems, I was learning the Judas choreography. <laughs> so that was literally me at I mean, um, 17. Yes, you're thank, a world class performer now. Thank so you very much. It, it, stu- it's, it, it, it has stood, stood to me. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's asking me about trigonometry right now? Coronageometry of the circle, you know, all that. So she, there was, I logged on and the account is Boris is here. And and it goes caps lock, new new Gaga leak song. And it's a SoundCloud link and you click into it and it's actually legit Gaga, right? So that sent the fandom into an absolute shitstorm. It was like, oh my God, this is, because it was good. Now, the one thing I really like this and I like this on Swine, not the album version, the iTunes festival, Gaga, it was Feral Gaga screaming. There is nothing I love more than that woman absolutely screaming. Obviously, if you've seen me perform, you know that I scream on a mic. I am a major sweet un paradis artiste, but um, I am, um, I really like making people feel um, uncomfortable. I sort of, I sort of, I'm inspired by Gaga's like frenetic energy. Because she is very angry on this and it is very frenetic, not just on Twine, there are other examples. Mm. You can feel the fair, I suppose Aura is another example in a way. She literally was just like, like screaming into this, right? So Gaga releaked it herself. So when she was on tour, she was just like, she, well, before she was uh, introducing Aura, she just goes, God, I'm going to slap whoever leaked that. And then she slapped her own arse. And then she admitted in a meet and greet that she leaked it herself because she was pissed off with the label. Mm. So when that happened in August, and basically this was Gaga, like you said, coming off of two very successful albums. And she was still told no. You're not doing that. And the premise for the whole album was just being art. The artist is in control. And it was just when you're when your team don't have your back, like when your manager doesn't have your back, it's it's just it's not a nice feeling. No, it's not. So there was a lot even going through it and the release. It was just like I even felt like the, the team was just scrambling to get this album out. Like everything was against her. Like because applause leaked as well, didn't it? Applause leaked. I don't know when leaks happen. Right. Um, the most infamous leak is Madonna Rebel Heart. And do you remember she called it artistic terrorism? Yes. And she likened it to when she was um, ass- uh, assaulted in New York as um, in the, the 80s or 70s, right? So the funny thing is when leaks happen, the call is genuinely coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. So it was either, I, wouldn't, I would either say Gaga or one of the producers just leaked it, Right just out of spite just to get back at the label because the because la- back then 
the charts were all down. I don't think streaming it was included in the charts. It had to be physical copies. I don't copies. think so, no, yeah. Because even as recently as um, 2020 when Stupid Love came out, right? The leaks, it didn't debut as high because the song leaked and everyone was hooked over it yeah. because it's just like, oh, she's back. She's yeah, not doing people jazz. were listening to the leak yes. as opposed to, and then when it was released, no one actually streamed it because people yeah, had heard exactly. it and were bored with it. So that was the sort of case of like, Jesus, these leaks actually do impact on the charts. Like, what was your question again? <laughs> I can't even remember. I, I think it was, we were going to get into more of the music, but I suppose it was just mm. when we're talking about applause and kind of looking where pop music was oh, at sorry, the time. sorry, sorry, Jesus, sorry. When this, so when applause came out, um, the, it was immediately in a chart battle with Katy Perry Roar. Do you remember this? Yes, because that's what I was, when yeah. you look at... I th- there's a lot of I think we talked about kind of one of the reasons of mm. you know at this point Gaga's moving past Born This Way and I yes. feel like people I feel like the lay people were looking at Gaga and being like oh no you're actually like the lay people sorry the, straight the people they're, they're, <laughs> yeah that's what I mean sorry but they were looking at Gaga and they're like oh you're weird weird mm. you know what I mean like from I think it was when they saw Born This Way and she's at the, it's her head on a motorbike mm. people were like the tunes are still good but this is a bit weird and it's like Judas I think the tide was kind of starting to turn then so I think there was a bit of that Yes. Uh, but I think it was also because of how EDM the album is, mm. I feel like we were really at the end of that EDM boom. This like was she was too of... late to it. And you have yeah. that example of like the other pop girlies, it was like Katy Perry doing Roar. Roar. Beyonce is self-titled, which is like, a mi- now there is some electronic references that. That dropped that. in December. And and like the, the worst thing about that would drop in, in December, right? That album, sorry, there was no announcement to that. No. So Beyonce just came out on December 13 uh, with an album that was sort of more art pop than art pop yeah. itself. So, and then the other thing at the time, like even at the even at the VMAs, like Gaga performed at the VMAs and like the last time she did it, she was, uh, as Joe Calderon, her alter ego for um, You and I. My fave. Literally. And she had Brian May. Yes. And then, that. sorry, that was 2011. She wasn't there for 2012. 2010, she was in the meat dress. Yes. And then, of course, 2009, the infamous paparazzi thing, right? So another, the thing with our pop and the live performances, it was sort of missing that spectacle because when she did, she opened the applause, she opened the VMAs with applause and basically like the most dramatic thing of it was just like she was just in brand knickers and a big wig. And then after that, Miley Cyrus come out and Jen just rubs her taint all over Robin Thicke's um, crotch. <laughs> like that's a, that's a scar in my mind that's on oh, replay where replay AA. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then even after that, it just, I don't think applause stood up to what was out at the time. Because let's go back to 13. The biggest song of the year was Blurred Lines, which is, that hasn't become camp. Uh, that, there's no way that song would no. ever be released today. And then it was Thrift Shopped, the Macklemore guys. Oh God. Yeah. And then uh, what else was there? What else were straight people listening to? We had Katy Perry. Uh, we mentioned Eminem. What were the other? Uh, Unorthodox Jukebox. Uh, Bruno Mars. Sorry. Ra- I was just about to say memories. yes. Uh, this was Imagine Dragons Night Visions. He's gorgeous. He that's is gorgeous. The, that's that's a, he's... Recently single. Depending oh, wow. on when this comes out he will hopefully still be recently single. Yeah, imagine. So, there you go. Um, he's six foot four I think. Katy Perry Prism yeah. obviously uh, all the other uh, Justin Timberlake 2020 Experience. Mirrors. Yes. Was Thank that when we were? Oh, geez, He's but, a terrible person. Good time. Look, all those people you mentioned, are they, bar Beyonce, are the rest of them still going? No. Bruno Mars, yeah. Well, he's doing other things. Yeah. But like, 
so I, I mentioned we, we Katy Perry cut and bleached her hair, so she's got so for some reason she's she she's doesn't gone. exist she's in gone. the eyes of anyone. Um, like she's still she's still in the game. Yeah, deep up in the fucking game, everybody knows my name. Diamond ring like Lady Gaga. Sorry, sorry, I sorry. I'm quoting um cake like Lady Gaga. It was a uh, pre. It was supposed to be on the album. It was released 2012. Uh, directed by Terry Richardson. Uh, and Let's touch on that yes. really quickly for one sec. So we mentioned it was like maybe the genre shift, maybe mm. our public perception of Lady Gaga. Mm. We can't really not talk about the people that she worked with on this album. So mm. we had, I've already mentioned DJ White Shadow. I think I called him DJ White Snake earlier, which are which is a band I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah, yes. Adam is nodding. That was a mistake. Yeah. Zed, Madion, she worked with T.I. and Twista, who feature on <laughs> Tools and Drugs, which is... The worst song. Sorry, I, 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 know, I know you're touching on something feeling. else. Let's, let's yes, talk about it yes. in a sec. And then obviously we have, quite influencingly now, R. Kelly, oh. uh, who featured on the second single, which was Do What You Want. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, look, in my opinion, still a very good song. If you take it without yes. his verse, obviously, please I do like sure the that's song. what I mean. The song is a really, really good pop song. Mm-hmm. The execution and the concept, when you consider who is involved incredibly like heinous heinous is really the only word you don't need you should not need me to explain why R. Kelly is heinous to be honest please go google that yourself but in terms of I suppose other things like initially she kind of played it off I think she was interviewed in Japan at the time and was asked about working with R. Kelly and she defended it basically saying R. Kelly and I have sometimes had very untrue things written about us so in a way this was a bond between us Uh, then obviously in 2019 Mm. we had the surviving R. R. Kelly documentary uh, and as a result as a direct uh, response to that she apologised for ever collaborating with him removed the song off streaming any new pressings of our pop are not going to have the song featured on it and she said that her thinking was explicitly twisted and that she had poor judgement at the time obviously coming from the perspective of like she's an abuse victim, yes. an assault victim herself. Mm-hmm. It's it's it's, a, it's really it's very tricky. And I suppose the other like difficult thing is there's a version of this song that exists with Christina yeah, Aguilera, Aguilera. Yes, that she performed live on the finale of The Voice. On the finale, of the, like why? Why wasn't that? It's just the version. And why do you think as well? Look, I mean she can feign ignorance or whatever mm. and maybe it was just her but really not wanting know. to acknowledge it. Yeah, this That's was an open secret like at the time in the industry. So why was she still choosing to work with R. Kelly, we Terry Richardson? Who, oh God, Jesus. Yeah. Like, it's, it's an unfortunate thing because you don't, I was trying to find into it. Did she approach R. Kelly? Was it the label trying to do it? Yeah. Because like at the time she had, she was, she has a single, sorry, not a single, she had a song with Azealia Banks. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. I found this out. She had a I song. really, I need to hear that music. She, sorry, like Does I love. Does it exist on the internet somewhere? Azealia Banks is, I don't want to call her messy, but I find her incredibly intelligent in the sense that when she goes off, I was like, hold on, you're actually making an, an incredibly analytic point, right? So she had, and the other thing, she had Kendrick Lamar, so party not, she, that, she was tweeting about that in September 2012, 13, that she was due to have a single out with Kendrick Lamar. I and remember that ne- this. That never materialised. So you mentioned she had the song with T.I., Twista and Too Short, and then she had R. Kelly, uh, Rihanna was supposed to be featured on Sex Dreams. So that's um, just a moment of silence uh, for, oh, for that thing. R.I.P. Like, like I said earlier, look, she was 25 to 27 when this album was coming out. And she has since apologised and recognised that, as you said, it, it was a heinous decision. And like, she she still did it. And 
prior to 2013, like there was damning interviews like, he, for Christ's sake, the man married uh, uh, Aaliyah when she was 15. Um, that's That should have been enough of an, of an yeah. indication. So it's, um, but then the next year he wins three Grammys for I Believe I Can Fly. So it's literally just that case of like, men are given this free, free pass in the industry. But like, at the end of the day, it's it's still her name on it. Absolutely, yeah. That's it. Like like she said at the Super Bowl, if anything goes wrong, if a lighting, if a dancer falls, anything, it's her name on it. So it's th- this is why I would really like her to re-release the album next year, like she did. She did the ten year anniversary for Born This Way. It's it would just be nice to sort of reclaim because this is her art. Like she's a, like she she's an artist. She she was a young girl that isn't condescending to anyone like for if I, I I know she's a woman but it's just they're pop girlies I, I'm always going to call them young girls e- e- even Kate Bush um, <laughs> who's like 60 something but it's just it's just a case of like she's still a girl with a dream and she she wanted to write pop music and she she loves her fans like I feel loved by her uh, you know so it's it's I, I feel I do feel sorry for her and I think she made the right corrective decisions in sort of rectifying any or uh, alleviating any hurt that she may have caused with this era, and I do, be- and like she apologized. I, it's it's genuine. She's gone on to do uh, good, like in two thousand and fifteen, she had victims of sexual assault perform at the Grammy, not the Grammy, sorry, the Oscars. So like she raised awareness. She did the campaign with Joe Biden when he was like vice president. I think in two thousand fifteen, sixteen as well. So she has taken steps to correct this. So yeah, I think it's just yeah. yeah. I do think yeah. it is just one of those another factor. Because what's ups- what's sort of upsetting with this as well is just like sonically the music. Do what you want is actually good. So it was used as the, in the Doctor Beats commercial. It was used as as the O2 commercial, and it was quite in a way it was sort of this uh, Christina Aguilera ahead of its time. Because mm. even now most pop songs, if you want, it was just like. If it feeding, sounds yeah. like a lot of what's being released exactly, now or what's been yeah. released so, recently. The thing was, like, Venus was supposed to be the second single. And, like, I love... Sorry, I'm actually... Yeah, let's talk about the singles. Yeah. I When I first heard Venus, I didn't love it. But revisiting it, I do like it now. And I realise I was wrong. It's just so camp. Mm. It is literally... what It's, it's the first uh, single that she produced herself. So that's great. And, like, it's just it's just really cute. I just find it so cute and so camp. And then like, there's a really, the best performance, one of my favourite performances of this is um, actually at the Muppets. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just, she had this Muppet spectacular, which was so, like, it was like, I, I look back and I'm just like, she had Elton John. She had a, a singing art pop. She had RuPaul. RuPaul, who was like eight foot tall, she was in foot high heels. She was in the infamous shit covered condom dress. And then she has this performance of Venus with the Muppets. Now, production chain, post-production, can we, can we add, for the listeners, for the benefit of viewers, can we add this actual video in? Yes, we're going to take a clip here, but I would also say um, you it. need to watch it and I'll have it on the Instagram. <laughs> Venus. Aphrodite, lady, 
of it all literally all the Muppets literally saying she stops the whole song to say Venus it's just I just I just find it so I love it and then like even she she I know the solar system thanks to her there Neptune go. go 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 you know how to spell yes. guy G-U-I. Yes, I do. Forget Gwen Stefani bananas. Yeah, B. I, and, and, and funny enough, you didn't I, need the leaving cert. All the subjects were here on this album. And like, it's just, it's funny enough that I actually like G-U-I because one of, one of the other reasons I didn't like applause was just like spelling. And just like, I think, I don't like spelling in songs. So, uh, so, uh, no offence to Taylor Swift, me. Spelling no, is not fun. No, every offence to yeah, Taylor Swift, me. With that, with that, that, was a low, that was a low point. Well, sorry, it was. Oh, we've co- we are covering this. I don't know when this is coming out, but we have covered lo- Lover as an episode on. Uh, oh, is it? I was about to say art flap flap culture this season. Now yeah. that's that's controversial. Now there you go. Yeah, I know. There we go. I know. Mm, interesting. Um. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We mentioned, I mentioned the app. Uh, oh, Christ almighty, the app. Which is also a thing that I think put me off kind of fully engaging and listening to the album because I just didn't actually understand no, what the fuck was sorry, going on. Sorry, I was eating around Trees Fruit Pastille there. Was that picked up? <laughs> oh, Christ. I've cr- I'm quite allowed. I- I'm such allowed. I'm, I've a loud mouth. <laughs> I've, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a mouthpiece. Um, yeah, the app was... Um, the app was like a, a sort of a companion to the, pro, to the to the app as well. I thought this was kind of like the first of its kind, but it wasn't. Like it, Bjork had one in 2011 yeah. and then that year Jay-Z had one for yeah. Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. You really did do your homework. Um, I was the same, and it was the same people who did Bjork's app. Yes. And it was basically, as you said, I don't know, whatever way again, it was one of those things where it's like, you're rich, stop talking yes. about about the app, where I was like, nobody cares. And then I think there was also controversy around would app downloads uh, and song downloads within the app yeah, count just towards made the sense. Billboard charts. And like, it, and another thing is what, like, she had countdown for features and then when the clock reached zero, nothing would happen. And like, you're supposed to go on, I think it was Petka and like build your own build your own aura and then based on your like your interests like you'd be paired it sounded like a, a bit of matchmaking yeah. like, 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 like like we've talked about this already little monsters fucking terrify me like like I do like my worst fear is that the love of my life happens to be a bigger Lady Gaga fan because when I was at her concert I literally was halfway through I would love for someone to get me a drink they wouldn't mind leaving the show. They'd go get me a drink because they love me more than they love seeing Gaga. That's what I want. But I don't think I would have got that through the app. I don't know what she was trying to achieve through the app. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it, it sounds good on paper. 
but not in. Re- I didn't. Even, sorry, it didn't even sound good on the phone. No, I I had it on my I, on my brick iPhone three four. How was it even running? Like I, I just—it's just—and like she had, she actually on the back of the album, she actually has littlemonsters.com, which was I—I I noticed that that's that's been deplatformed now. What was that? It's just like a fan little, site. Little Monsters was literally like a fan site for all the other little monsters to talk about it. And God forbid if you said out loud, you didn't like applause because you got fucking um, persecuted. Ate alive. Literally. Uh, what about GUI then? Because again, this was a this song. Is the third single. Yes. yes. And this is this is sorry. Like, let's take the video. Do you, are you aware of the video? Yeah, but again, I didn't actually ever really watch it beyond... Like, I, did, I don't think I watched it in full when it came so, out. And I only watched it again recently because uh, of the connection to The Real Housewives. Yes. And because I started watching Real Housewives so, every year. It was... Sorry, I, I'm, 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 I'm one of those people who ingest uh, Housewives uh, through the memes and the internet. The hunky, So chic. Love that. So uh, chic. Hunky dory. That is the chicest wind yeah, that is the, This is the chicest podcast I have ever oh. heard. You're, you're welcome, Fanula. Sorry, like, Andy Cohen... Sorry, that was very. That was a lot of emphasis Andy on the H. Cohen. That was very. That was very emphasis on the H. Cool whip. Cool, cool whip. Um, so Andy Cohen. I was about to say Cowan. Sorry, Biffo. Right. Um, then we had Kim and Kyle Richards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Lisa Vanderpump. Yep. Uh, we had Yolanda Fister. Sorry, no, Yolanda Fister Don't is. Sorry, Yolanda that's the, Fister. That's the, that's the Instagram account. Sorry, and then Brandy Glanville. Yes. Pre pre a lesbianage. Yeah. Espionage, lesbianage, right? So Guy was, after 2000, so at the end of 2013, the label wanted, it was just like, right, let's just forget about that. It was just like, it had one single, it was a disastrous music, sorry, going back to do what you want. I think in the in the intermittent peer, uh, time period, Gaga has burnt every single footage that was reused to record to do what you want music video. Yeah, I'd say they, even, they did a performance together yeah. at the AMAs. I'm pretty sure yes. that's nowhere to be seen on no, the internet nowhere now. to be seen now. Like the do what you want video. There was a music video yeah. that was supposed to come out directed, directed by, by Terry, Terry Richardson. Richardson. Starring R. Kelly with the bits for, I've seen of it Who so far. Who has his own allegations yes, against him. Christ almighty, dear God. We don't, we don't have to get into no. it but and again if you want to look at it maybe you'll be able to find it somewhere on the internet. I doubt it. I, no, no, you scrubbed. can't. You can't. But as you said you also think that video she would have never survived no, it if it had No, she wouldn't have survived it. There's no way she she would have survived it. I say, as I say, she's burnt all the footage, all the cameras. I say she's executed everyone that was on site on set of the day. It was just like she's making sure this never yeah. sees the light of day. So then we're on to Guy. We're on to Guy. So Guy came out and it was just like she had to fund this music video herself. She's, I think she spent a quarter of a million filling the swimming pool in some house in LA. Right. So she went all out, balls to the wall. Uh, with, with this I think she wanted I think she it was for the fans because this was part of the art pop film so oh, it opened with art pop and then we got 30 seconds of Venus then we got the GUI video and great choreography she was in a wig with a, a questionable wig line and then the credits were um, a manicure manicure so that happened the fans liked it but as you said Again, straight people just didn't listen to it. I think nobody, I think she'd alienated a lot of the things as well. Because even even the stuff she tweeted for in the run up to do what you want. Sorry to bring us up. It's just like, she had these string of tweets and just like, applause didn't debut at number one. Katy Perry, Katy Perry is better than her. You won't use my mind. And then she goes like, I write for the music, not the charts. Like she, like she tweeted that. And then she also tweeted this about Madonna. It's just like, Lady Gaga is a reductive Madonna copy. She's over now. Write what you want. So there's a lot of these tweets that... It was just reflecting more on her character and I don't know whether she's trying to be edgy or something. So I, I think at this stage she just had alienated people just like 
I've had enough of Gaga. I think yeah. she was, yeah, because tw- Lady Gaga Twitter in the run-up from just herself, mm. not even including the fandom, in the run-up to this album, kind of before, during, after, was mm. a bit insufferable, but I suppose in a way... <laughs> sorry, that's a bit mean. <laughs> but I suppose <laughs> it's, it's funny to look back on, but like... I can understand why people were like. Have you? We we, we talked about this. Uh, so, so, sorry for saying something that was off, Mike. Like we, we like you. You scroll back on your own Instagram and your Facebook, and you're just like, "Holy God, I want to rip my own face off." I'm I'm going through that a lot uh, at the moment. But I think that was as a result of a real. I think she was really. Tired. Struggling, tired, tired. I, really tired. She was tired. I don't think she gave herself a le- enough time to recover from the injury, from the broken hip, and then like she had the label on her, and like the label. Label didn't care what was on the album. They wanted an album out. They wanted sales. They wanted figures. But Gag's just like, no, I am an. Uh, I want. Yeah, yeah and when you want art. to make this music, and there's a commercial pressure there, mm. like she's. I, I I feel like for this whole album, she's this real front on yes. to be like, I don't care what anyone thinks. This is the music I want to make. Yes, which which I agree with. But she's. I she found the criticism really really tough which and is what a lot she did like. and did the 180 with cheek to cheek mm. and kind of has been claw, trying to yes. claw back this commercial and there's a reason why success. there's a reason why I chose our pop instead of Joanne Joanne was literally Joanne is sort of the stepping stone as to why she is the absolute star she is today like cuz like even at the like that gave her um uh, what's his name Bradley Cooper like Bradley Cooper took notice of her from doing Tony Bennett and all that so this was just again a, like she, it was just a rough period in her but I do want to say there was a lot of fun moments so like yeah. we had good contact with Guy that was a great music video great choreography but like throughout the whole thing like even as recently when um, June Brown passed away everyone was reminded of the of the interview with Graham Norton where yeah. it was just camp and gas and so much fun. If we so didn't have our pop we wouldn't have like gag on the promo trail with June Brown on Graham Norton. Like where else would you get that? Now are you familiar Lady Gaga with the EastEnders? No, don't say yes Donnie. If you're not, you're not and I don't blame you. <laughs> I am. I'm yes. A, I actually am a very big fan of yours. Aww. I just don't watch a lot of television. No, I don't oh. watch any. <laughs> <laughs> But you're, you are you are so fabulously dressed, and I'm I'm, I'm very honoured to be seated next well, to you. Well, you see, I had to do it because I have a friend. I'm staying with a couple of boys tonight. Oh yes. And he oh, said, straight again. Oh, he loves you. No, uh, yeah, no. What do you ask me first? <laughs> I understood that. She speaks my language. Yes. <laughs> you have to avoid things sometimes, don't you, darling? Yeah, you have to be so. very good at getting around questions that you don't want to answer. Oh, I understand. There'll be easy questions. Do, do, shall I take your chair? It, no. <laughs> Even now, what, you're, what I just said, like people are alienated by Gaga now. People love Gaga on a promo trail now. Like the House of Gucci thing is just like, I wrote a letter to myself and said, I don't need you anymore. Like she's just, in, it's the stuff she comes out with, there can be a hundred people in the room and yeah. 99 don't believe in you. But can you, only... you imagine how insufferable in a good way she's going to be for this Joker 2 sequel? Oh, can't wait. It's going to be, do you I... know the way people, we're taking the piss out of Harry yeah. Styles at the minute with Don't Worry, well like, kind well, of sorry, there's so. everything. No. You've covered that. That's justified. That. That's yes, justified. Yes. Where he's <laughs> like, the thing about the movie is, mm. but it's so funny, like Gaga could be spouting absolute nonsense and we're like, yes. yes love it. Bravo. Literally hanging love on it. every single word. Like. And plus like, I, I think there's talks about, about being a musical as well. She's Harley Quinn. Sorry, like this woman is, um, she is so, I was glad to say demented, but like she's feral on stage. So mm. I think she'll gladly slip in 
to that then as well. There was another, sorry, one of the most famous, uh, not, not famous interview, one of the other funny interviews. Now, I feel bad because she is visibly exhausted in the movie, but it's the BBC Culture Show, right? Okay. And she, I, 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 I'm going I'm to describe it as best as I can. So she's in this, uh, the, the whole room's covered in drapes, right? And she's in a black wig and a white uh, and a white outfit, and she's and there's somebody from the BBC, and and it's, and there's this very weird moment where she just goes, um, and it wasn't there is was like a void of vanity, and she just stops mid sentence, and she just sort of fades into the background, and it's just awkward silence. There was really a a void of vanity, and so and as the blood rushed out of my body. Um, how do I explain it? Uh, you mentioned some of the fun moments there, so let's get more into the track list. Let's get more, Dara. Sex dreams. <laughs> I believe it should have been the lead single. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, I it's can't understand fun. why it wasn't because it's uh, because it's called sex. Not it's called sex dreams. Like it's, oh, but it's such a fun song. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's just like it's like oh, it's just like I can't believe I'll tell you this, but I've had a couple of drinks and I oh my god, <laughs> Jews and drugs. Sorry, the worst song in existence. Is there any world in which this would have worked? No, this was just it was this was trying so hard to be something that it wasn't that it almost ends up parodying. The, the genre of music itself. Yeah, this I think it's really like, trying to be like trap house, like, hip hop. I just felt like she, 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 she broke into Cher Lloyd's dressing room, saw saw the title, and just like, oh, I'll take that. And then, but the reason why this made the album is because, do you think Ti, Twista, and Too Short were like they were just like th- this was their pension. The, at the time, these weren't signed. So there was no issues with label, ba- like arguing or, ba- or bargaining rights. So I would say, I would even go as far to say, it, between the three of them, because T.I. just came off the, was that Rihanna song? So live your life. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so I say she nearly she nearly paid like, I, I would always go as far to say a quarter to nearly half a million securing the three of them. It was, and sorry, Iconic moment, the only jewels and drugs. Iconic moment at the iTunes Swine Fest. From across the pond, Ti, they wouldn't let him into the country. Poor thing. Do you remember that? I don't. Oh. But I'm going to include a clip of that as well. So this one's called Jewels and Drugs. Yeah. Yeah. About that time. From across the pond, yeah. T.I., <laughs> they wouldn't let him into the country, yeah, poor thing. All right, cross the game. Put your hands uh-huh. up. Hustle game, T.I. Hey, steel bank here, shout out you, you know what it is. Pocket full of number of bands and bills. It's just the worst Gaga song. Because she, she made this album when she was touring. Like, like we, we touched on that uh, earlier on. Show me the gay that wanted, oh, I'd really love if um, T.I. and Twister and Tush, show me that gay so I can stay away from them. <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't want to, just feck off out of my life. Feck off out of my life. Sorry, that's a panty quote. Manicure. Oh, sorry. Right, so manicure, I, for, I, I literally over the past month have, dis- have, have re-listened to the demo. So the demo of this is so 
camp. They literally open the line as, I'm going to have sex for sure. It's like so camp, literally like that. Very me in um, 2019. I'm not in a culture RD anymore. I'm in college. Guys like me back. It's amazing. Oh, went to my head. Um, manicure is fun because again, back at the, uh, at the uh, iTunes festival, uh, Adele was in attendance and afterwards she said manicure is the best. And everyone just went, sorry, this is Adele 2013. She ruled the world after 2011. It was just like, we all thought it was going to be Manicure. Manicure is a very, very fun song. Mm. It's like, I think it's literally ev- like put some lipstick on, ha- perfume your neck and slip your high heels on. Like what girl and gay hasn't done that? It's a fun song about going out and wanting to shift. Love it. Love it. Um, we talked about do, do what you want. Um, yeah. Our pop. Our pop. Our pop is another song I didn't like at the time, yes. but I like a lot more now. It's... um. It's a nice song. It's it. I again, I didn't like it at the time because she she was labeling she 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 built up expectations of what our pop was going to be, and it turns out to be just kind of this love song mm. between art and pop. And like I like it's a nice one now, and it's the center of the album, right? So it's nice. Like there's not. It's a nice song. Yeah, yeah. Can't much say to it. So the next one there we have swine mm. now. Sorry, we'll probably link um, uh, Jane. Uh, well, sorry, uh, we'll in post. We'll, we'll we'll add the link to um, uh, the swine uh, the swine festival, the iTunes festival. <laughs> She performed this and this really was uh, a a kind of a special moment for me because um, not to get too much into it because obviously, no, not obviously, but like, you know, I sort of relate to what she was going through and the inspiration to to, to this song. So for me, the, the troubled gay teen or teenager sorry I was 20 but like I was not mature I was like an absolute mess so to sort of see her talk about that and sort of have this album sort of have this included in an album where it's it is a fun album it sort of just gave me hope which is like it's sort of going to be okay so she performed a song again this is Feral Gaga screaming but then in the album version same as what happened to Aura the label were just like no you literally need to calm down on this. You like it's just she was. You need to pull it back. You pull it back, so she's not screaming on it as such. I'd really like LG Seven when it comes out in ten years, because she's going to do. She's going to continue with House Labs and do every other movie under the sun to really just scream in to the mic. That was that was swine. That was that was fun. Donatella, sorry, am I overtaking you as host no, now? Just go ahead. Sorry. So love Donatella, Donatella as well. Donatella is. I love. This is, again, this is another reason why it's ahead of its time, right? This would absolutely take off on TikTok, on the TikTok, uh, 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 as people in the 30s would say. And because it's so camp at the beginning, I am so fab. I think it did at one point. I think that intro line went viral at one point on TikTok. I'm blonde, I'm skinny, I'm rich. It's just, it's all that. I mean, I'm a little bit of a bitch. Like, hello, me. 
No, that I'm a lovely person. You are well, a brunette and a lovely person. So the opening of this, it's just, I'm obsessed with the opening of this because it starts off and you can tell it's in a very expensive bottle of champagne mm. being poured. And you can sort of tell she wanted a particular type of glass, a particular type of champagne. It just reminds me of um, Kate Bush Babushka where at the end of the song she she crashes or smashes particular sets of glass as well. Then also Frankie goes to Hollywood as well uh, in the in uh, Relax. There's part of the movie where the, where the actual sound effect is them jumping into a pool. So it's sort of just weird what like what sort of you, like what's, where the sounds came from. But I'm just like, I say she's spent like a full day trying to get that particular um, uh, champagne, rich, expensive feeling. Yeah. Then we move on to fashion. Now, I've, I have a question about this oh, before we yes. carry on with this. I thought, do you, are you familiar with Heidi Montag's song, Fashion? Put it all on me. Yeah. Don't you want to see these clothes on me? Did Gavin fashion. record a demo of that? Sorry, not even a demo. So, because Seasons. I always, when I was like I thought that was that song. No, so and I prefer I prefer I prefer the other one. So Fashion, put it even on me. Don't you want to see it's these clothes on me? It's so, a bit body dysmorphic, uh, encouraging. Whatever. Oh, sure, what is it? <laughs> um, sorry, so, um, she. Um, um, so fashion is actually used in season three of Ugly Betty. I'm going to say episode six or eight. So it is used, that song. I let, well, I watched Re- oh, Ugly Betty recently. I think it's in Confessions of a Shop Alec as Sorry, well, isn't it? Sorry, it is. That is actually is. That's it. That's what that, that's what it was rec- recorded for. Oh, and then also, what's that? Um, she has another song. It's... Um, uh, it's it's I think it's I think it's uh, Lizzie McGuire uh, Hilary Duff where she's ugly or the guy is is a pig or something and she has to kiss him or something oh what's that movie oh she, a literal pig or a no I, I think he's really ugly he's sorry no he's made out to be like ugly and then he has to find true love or something as it is but anyway the point oh beast that's Beastly. it beast you beast you beast how you dare beast. you I don't um, think Hilary Duff's in that but who is it then who's the who's the lead. Oh, one of the one of the Olsons, Ashley Olson. Isn't that it? makes sense. That makes sense. But anyway, sorry. The, the white reason if that's I dragged the movie up, you're on about. Otherwise, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. But there's anyway. a song she used in that called Vanity. Vanity movies and cameras and many camera screens. Vanity. Yes, I remember that one. So as well. good to be glamour. No, fabulous and glamorous. We love for ourselves and no one, one else. else. Yeah. Let's talk about this version of fashion because so it's like David Guetta, Will I Am. Sorry, David Guetta. I completely this. forgot. Now I've a very I've grown to love fashion because um uh, this is. A shout out to anxiety at the moment. So anytime anxiety performed fashion, I'd roll my eyes because I, I didn't like the song. And um, I, I, could you imagine, like a caliber of a drag queen on myself uh, uh, shading another queen? But um, it's it, it's because it's so camp. I actually love it now because mm. every time I hear it, I, I I think of that, and I and I think that's actually so sweet. And I actually have grown to love it in a sense as well. Sorry, fashion. This is the RuPaul shit covered condom dress as well. Love she it. looks. She she looks like she looks like a shit covered condom and smog as anything about it and literally she's like in foot high heels after breaking a hip yeah RuPaul is I say RuPaul is like a, like six inch BB shoes yeah I listen to you this podcast <laughs> pretty wild pretty wild with Carla Kay go listen <laughs> so yeah that fashion was fun like yeah Mary Jane Holland Mary Jane Holland now I've Oh, I didn't like this at the time because I was very, I was like so anti, I was so anti-drugs when this came out. She's like, no, I'm not doing drugs. I still don't do... there are a lot of references, as much as this yeah. is like a sex album, a fame album. A lot album, of references. A lot of, lot of references. references to drugs. Now, I, I think drugs should be legal, but I am not made for chemical reactions. Okay. That's, that's I'm just, I'm just not built like that. But yeah, Mary Jane Holland, I actually like this. Um, I mean, like if we were, <laughs> or... <laughs> 
Clark. <laughs> Where are you going with no, this? No, I literally just thought of Mary Lou McDonald. No, stop. <laughs> no. No more politicians on this podcast, please. <laughs> so yeah, Mary, it's, it, it was fun. It's a fun track. I yeah. like it. It's fun. But then it moves on to, this is, this is what's weird about this album track. It moves on to Dope. And it's sort of just like dope is I didn't like dope because I don't think I was mature enough. oh Christ almighty I'm sorry I'm sorry um, I, 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 I just kicked the mic there um, the only real yeah. ballad on the album it's, it's, I wouldn't even call it a ballad I don't even know because it's a such power a, sorry power ba- sorry no you're right it is a ballad it's, it's, it's sort of a sad song because it's literally it, it's a song about addiction and then as I was saying I wasn't mature enough to appreciate it I, I appreciate it now and listening it's just but it's just kind of funny how she has a great time smoking weed in Mary Jane Holland and then she regrets it in the next song. That is literally my sex life. Um, so yeah, that was it. And then funny thing, this actually did chart in the top 10 because she performed this. So she performed this with... Um, oh, what was the crack here with this? Because I have the yeah. cover, the single cover in my head of like... She has the big... You know, she has the big massive Bailey J Mills teeth. Okay. You know, you know those awful rotten teeth yeah. that makes her jaw look massive. And she performed a song. Bailey J Mills is a drag artist who if you don't follow on Instagram and TikTok, you're, you're you don't a, really she, know what you're she doing. Is, sorry, they are um Hilarious. They, they are TikTok, they are Instagram. Yeah. It, it, it is their world and we're just living in it. She came out and it's a, it's a nice song. And it's it's this when you think about it like the la the dope and gypsy, it's literally for she was seeing a Taylor Kinney. At the time, who she uh, met. They were engaged. They were engaged in 2015 and then they broke up in 2016. And it's very upsetting uh, for that as well. So yeah, that mentions Gypsy. Sorry, Gypsy. Gypsy is... Gypsy is such a cute song. It's, I think it's... It's annoying that it's not, because obviously applause follows this and we've talked about applause, we're not going to talk about it anymore, but like Gypsy is, would have been the perfect album closer. Literally, because every live performance she did... She closed it with Gypsy. And Gypsy is such a cute, it's such a cute song. I love it. I'm going to get really soppy now, but it's just like, sometimes the story has no end. Sometimes I think that just, we could just be friends. Because uh, I'm a wandering man, you said to me, I'm just like, holy God almighty. It's just so cute. It's my wedding song. Oh, It's so cute. I don't, I, 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 um, it's a lot of, um, it's just, sorry, I said that as if I, I'm getting married. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, it's, it's just such a cute song. And then like, it, it, it was, I think it's the only track on the album uh, uh, produced by Red One. So Red One is responsible for Shiza. Uh, sorry, uh, that, that's my favourite Red One track. And then like Poker Face, Just Dance, Bad Romance. Yeah. Literally, literally is Gaga's career. So yeah, so Gypsy's just such a cute track as well. Because like she performed it on SNL, she performed it with the Muppets, she performed it as a closing for the tour. It's just such, it's just such a nice song. It's literally, I, I like, it's just a lovely song. Can I talk a moment about the tracks that didn't make it? Yes. I want to give a shout out to one in particular. And there's just, I, I don't know why it didn't make the album. It's called Brooklyn Nights. And it is such, it, I think it, it's her best handwriting, handwriting lyric writing. Go. Uh, yeah. This was one that was supposed to be released through the app, wasn't yes, it? This, you're right. Mm-hmm. She literally is, it's such a cute song. It has this power. There's a really good YouTube comment on the link of it. It's just like, it reminds me of someone I've, me- I've never met and makes me and makes me miss something that never happened. It's just such that... Nostalgic. Nostalgic. It's just like, it's about a relationship that could have worked out, but didn't work out. They're different. It's just, it's just so cute. I love it. Can we talk about sex now and be it after Gypsy and Brooklyn Nights and being very, very soppy right now? Well, I was going to ask you, you made reference to mm. the Chromatica Ball there, but you've seen her before yes. on multiple... Tw- mm-hmm. Did you see her for Art Rave? 
Yeah, so I Q... Was this here or was this somewhere else? This was, uh, so I seen her in 2000 and I seen her on the 26th of October 2010 in the, uh, I'm going to say the point because uh, I'm old. And then that was the Monster Ball. And then I seen her on the 15th of September 2012 for the Art Pop Ball. Sorry, no, Born This Way Ball. Uh, that was in the Aviva, queued for 12 hours. Then I seen her, excusez-moi, and then I seen her in the, I think it's the 17th of October 2014 for the Art Pop Ball. And then the next time I seen her was 2022. So I literally had eight years were not seeing her live. Talk to me about the Chromatica Ball. How was it? And did anything from our pop feature on the set list? No. <laughs> no. No. I was raging because actually in 2019, let, let's see if I, let's see if I have the receipts here. So she has a tweet here about our pop. Like, the petition to buy our pop on iTunes for volume two has inspired such a tremendous warmth in my heart. Making this album was like heart surgery. I was, I was desperate in pain and poured my heart into electronic music that slammed harder than any drug I could find. So that sort of touches on, maybe I should have opened with that, but that sort of just touches on what she was going through. Like, I was desperate. Mm. Like... it's, and I think yeah. as we already talked about how she took the criticism I think really to heart because in yeah. 2019 she's tweeting I don't remember Art Pop yeah. but when there was supposedly as you made yeah. reference to there there's apparently this whole other second album like there's, phase two of yes. it. Do you think we'll ever see that? I'm hoping because so the 10th anniversary of Born This Way she released an album and she had feature tracks so she had Years and Years well Ali Alexander Kylie Minogue mm. oh my god literally oh god so good she, she made Born This Way gayer so I'd like her... I said, never say this already. Jesus, I've been talking so much I can't even keep track. I would like her to re-release it with the art track because I think, one, it will be really camp. It's actually a good album. Like, now that we've gone through the track, like, the track list, it's actually a good album. There's just some things that are a bit left field that are just polarising. I think that if just you're just to purely talk about the music, I think it do, I think it does hold up for yes. the most part. Yes. I can understand why some people wouldn't like it. It's mm. probably still not my favourite gag album. Yes. But it's absolutely not bad. a bad album. And I think it was all the other external factors. Yeah. Dodgy collaborators, as I mentioned, mm. everything else Managed that kind everything. of took this off the rail, so to speak. So she, so the, so I seen her live. Sorry, just to go back to the question you actually did answer me there. No, she didn't do it. I re, she didn't monster, which was she hasn't performed in it a while. Yeah, she hasn't performed that since. I don't think she's performed. It was a nice throwback for the monster ball. The fame, the fame monster is. I do, between the fame monster and the born this way, it was just like like she wrote that twenty three, like twenty two to twenty tree it's mm. just it's just insane it's it's just absolutely insane like the pressure she must have felt following our writing our pop uh, it was just like must have been immense but like I just I think she did sex streams recently on a wee TikTok again for her for her house labs thing so it's just it's a bit interesting that after that it makes me think how can you tweet that and not reference our pop in your next tour mm. but then you gotta understand that I was there when I was at um when I was at Chromatica, so I, I wanted to sit and then I wanted to stand, right? Because I wanted I wanted the full experience, experience right? Yeah. So I, so she did all her numbers. Sorry, this is what I mean by, um, as I said, uh, five hours ago at this rate. Um, she she realised she was Lady Gaga a bit too soon making air pop. She can open her Chromatica Ball Stadium Tour with Bad Romance, poke, uh, Just Dance and Poker Face and not fucking move. She just spun round like a rotisserie chicken for the first 10 minutes of her show 
and there was no complaints. So it was, that's literally the absolute, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Powerhouse that she is she like. Is. How do you think our pop hints at her future records, if at all? Because as you mentioned, like we have cheek to cheek. I don't think that's fair to mm. reference because I think that's a total yes, 180. Yes. I think that was a creative project she wanted to do. Tony Bennett mm. exploring the jazz version of mm. herself. She's an incredible jazz vocalist. So let's take it, If when I talk about future albums, let's take it that I mean Joanne that you've already mentioned yes. and Chromatica, which mm-hmm. we have mentioned indirectly when talking about the mm-hmm. tour. Are there any whispers of both of those albums on our pop? Oh, yes. So like Chromatica is like a distant cousin of art pop. It's a very much same. I think I think Chromatica is art pop just more cohesive. Because the great because the really nice thing about Chromatica is just like she even had sections of the album, which was really, really good. Like, like um, it was just in terms of influence of future things, like she's always gonna be pop. I think I would like her if she wants to do See, I can't see what way she'd go because the other thing is as well, if she does the grunge pop thing, so I'm saying that because Mariah Carey is, an, is, is apparently... About to release yeah, her about, grunge, about to grunge rock her, album, Obsessed. Yeah, 90, 1995. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> but like it's even cases like that. It's just like, you know, that's, fuck me, that's nearly 30 years ago That's that still has the recordings. So it's literally a case of like, we'd, like I, I, I would love an ideal world where Gaga's just 60 and she just goes, here's everything I ever recorded. And I get uh, Future Love, uh, Dirty Ice Cream, uh, Captivated, Love That, uh, Fever, Love That. Sorry, I do, do you know any of these? I don't know them. No, the, these what, are deep, have, deep cuts. Sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm even... There's another demo in my head. Red and Blue. Wo- wonderful. Oh. On the piano. Yes, yes. Wonderful, because I am. So good. Okay, yes, love that. And I don't then, know them, though. I'm going to investigate them. Then, um, uh, Addison Ray leaked, or sorry, uh, there, she did nothing on but the radio. So she, that's that's a that's an R pop <clears throat> reject, which I don't know, which I don't know. There was a hundred songs written for R pop, and the last one she played for the label was Applause. So I literally just think it was a recency effect taken true. Question again? Oh yes, um, I say that a lot. Sorry, um, it's um, she's more comfortable. I don't uh, w- with herself and what she's been through because a lot of that chromatica was healing now, so she is healed. Like she was again, she wasn't paying for R pop. She was. Uh, healing for Chromatica so I think the next time she goes into a label record and plays the album it's literally going to be a case of I fucking dare you to tell me what to do so because that was the other upsetting thing that was going through um, our pop as well and actually I, I don't think I've touched much on her fashion uh, her, her fashion during the era right so she got into the label and she and she said I think she said at South by Southwest very controversial performance um, I, I, we, we don't have to get into it you can you google can, it if you, you want. google it yeah. google it um, she she said at the thing it's just like she's been on two world tours I think even three world tours at this stage she's won Grammys and it's still coming down to tits and ass it's just like are, are we still talking about that because it has to be the sexualization of girl literally what happened to Britney Spears like so a lot of a lot of what I really like about it is I really liked about Gaga was that she did give the tits and ass the sex but she sort of made you feel uncomfortable for watching that for wanting that like if she was going to do that she was going to have a she was going to do a tash bleached hair mad makeup reference something she was going to give you what you want 
but make you feel uncomfortable. Like, be careful what you wish for, like. Yeah, it kind of brings me to this review from Mm -hmm. Karen Gans from Rolling Stone at the time called Our Pop, a bizarre album of squelchy disco and sexual but not sexy, which I thought was a weird... Mm thing to say I don't necessarily think it's untrue in some ways our pop isn't really sexy at all it is overtly sexual yes but I don't think that's a bad thing I think as you said I think she's totally she's changing the gaze like the gaze isn't for and when I say that I mean G-A-Z-E because Maura's laughing at me you know what I mean like that it's not it's not catered Mm. it's not catering to that I don't think it's catering to any gaze I think she's just doing it for the hell of it and I mean you can question that but I don't think not everything has to be Sexy. Not everything has to be for you and cater directly to you and that taste. Literally, the the, the men in the boardroom yeah. who are who are signing off on this album or whatever. It's it's interesting that it says like you know you sort of have to be sexual without sexualizing yourself. I feel like that's a lot on Instagram at the moment. You sort of have to show off. There has to be hints of it, yeah. but if you actually you show the yes, anatomy exactly. of it, it's like, oh. You, you can't go too far. But I think what Gaga did was just like, no, I'm literally going to go balls to the wall and was very ballsy in her case. Before we wrap up, I want to yes. revisit some of the other kind of reviews at the time. So Alexis... Oh. Pedrus, if that's how you pronounce your second name, I'm quite sorry, um, from The Guardian, suggested that there was some decent pop on our pop. I thought Mm. the art was rather hard to discern. Andy Gale for The Independent commented, it's hard not to feel underwhelmed by our our pop. Uh, While Jason Lipschitz from Billboard commended Gaga's effort to make, Mm. absolutely certain that every inch of her craft evolves and innovates. This is something we already touched on. We had some journalists Mm. kind of feeling that because the the critic response was so mixed Mm. because, you know, people were comparing it to everything that came before. People were... Focus was on Gaga and not the album mm-hmm. and the music. Uh, Nick Messide of Forbes criticised music critics denouncing their reviews as being incoherent and focusing on the mm-hmm. artist over the art itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned Rolling Stone already calling it bizarre. Uh, the Boston Globe, well, I found this kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, the Boston Globe welcomed it as a return to form after the preachy born this way. Uh, that's, that's another thing as well. People don't like, RuPaul said to Trinity K. Bonet in All Star Season 6, people, like, people don't like being preached at. And I think that... I don't think Born like a bar maybe the title song, but I don't think you could like. Sorry, the Gaga wants to be inclusive, but look, yes. that's we'll talk about Born this way another day. Oh uh, God! Oh, maybe we should edit that out. I sound like a very white uh, right wing gay there. No. Dear God, you do not. The straight girl just uh, reminded me of inclusivity. <laughs> how, how how desperate! Oh, this is a low point for me. Scrap that dating profile you joked about earlier on. <laughs> We had Claire Lobenfield for Pitchfork who uh, kind of oh retroactively... Christ, you have your references. You came with receipts. Of course I did. Yes. Uh, she well, Not retroactively reviewed it, but they didn't review it at the time for Pitchfork, no, but they yes. reviewed it since and they gave it a 7.5 and mm-hmm. her kind of closing note was, pain is ultimately a stronger foundation for art than a soup can, going back to that reverse Warholian and even, yeah. thing, wanting mm. the music to be in a soup can reference. Uh, and while our pop does trade in camp i.e. rhyming Uranus with Ass is Famous. The album as it now stands is at its best when it collides with what's hurt her. It just doesn't need to be drenched in symbols and winks. So with that, Mordar, I want to ask you, how do you feel about our pop now, all I these love years it. later? I do love it. I do love it. It's it's, it's interesting. It's it's so sad. It's just like, you mentioned something there about being in pain. It's just like, um, let's take a recent example of an artist not in pain release an album. And that is literally Taylor Swift Lover, right? So it's such a case of like... Sh- that's not regarded as some of her best work. I like, um, actually, top of my head, what do I like off that album? Cruel Summer. Cruel, oh, sorry, oh my God, How sorry. I forget? Sorry, I forget because she forgot about it. But no, it's literally, um, it's, it's, I, I like it. 
I, I'm almost, I'm going to have to go through Born This Way and The Fame Monster and The Fame because I literally feel like this is my favourite album. It's just, it's just because I think selfishly I have just have such a cute, I'm literally smiling looking at the holding album in my hand because I remember going into Golden Discs on Stephen's Green, literally just so excited to get the album in my hands. I have two ones and still in the plastic. Um, I did that with CMAT's album as well. It's just, I just, I... It's just so cute. Like, it's just, you know, it's, it's, oh God, how do I, it's Jesus. It's, it's, it's just a nice time in my life. It's like, and it really just shows you how healing sort of art can be or music can be. Cause like, we all have our struggles. We all go through stuff as well. But like, for literally three and a half minutes, you're just listening to a favorite song and suddenly everything just feels a little bit better. So, I do have that with that album. It's really cute. Sorry if this is very heavy, but I that's love that. it's just it's just how it's just how I feel. It's just I I look back at it and I just think of myself in twenty years like twenty years old, like geez, nearly ten years ago. And it's just I know I was very hard on myself. I was literally tormenting myself me- mentally in every aspect, and I didn't need to. I did. You didn't need to be so hard on myself. So I think going back. Or going forward, you just need to be kinder to yourself as well. Don't give yourself such a hard time. So yeah, I do love it. Actually, there's one SNL thing I think it's nice to uh, to, to end on because um, otherwise I'm going to be here for another five hours. Um, one of the skits she did was she's an old lady and she's Lady Gaga in the future. And um, she's, I watched it recently and I didn't find it funny because it's kind of sad because it literally was just like, it was almost just like, holy fuck, this could be the end of my career. It, and and that's so sad. Again, she's, I think she was 26. And that's just, oh, I just feel so sorry for feeling that. It's just, but it's, she, but she went on tour the next year and she still had her fans. Like, it's almost a case of like, she was so unapolog- unapologetically queer for me as a 15 year old. And like everyone relates to it, like all the gays relate to it. So it's literally just, she was so unapologetically on our team that like, I just think we'll always love and respect her. And I think, I know I joked about straight people, but I just feel she's just appreciated. Like her art is appreciated, her mu- her music, the way, e- even her madness, the way she goes on in in her interviews. Like there's, like there's an intelligent mind at work. It's just frenetic. But she has a kind heart. I'm a little monster pause up for life and I love her and I love this album. I love this album too. Yeah. Uh, and I've loved chatting with you about it. Thank you so much. Where can people find you, follow you, find out more about you? Find out about more Dara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people are just like, oh, that's the pun and the name. I am on Instagram. I'm often chatting uh, shite. Um, I am uh, more Dara, M-A-U-R-A. You're one of the funniest people on Instagram. I live for your Instagram stories. Oh, you. So funny. I know you're not, uh, and that, that's actually true because literally you watched them like within ten seconds of yeah. me loading them. Like it's literally just like if I go to see they're uploaded, like laugh you're react. Oh, laugh yeah. react. You're so funny. I really appreciate that. It's really sweet. Thank you. Um, I'm on I'm on Instagram M A U or I D A O or A G H. I am on TikTok. I don't really use it that much. That's so fair. That's it. I'm actually actually now that I say it out loud, I actually don't have that much of a social media presence. 
But I am loud. You probably will mute me after a while, which is fair. It's understandable. But um, yeah, that's where you can li- li- find me. Where can they find you, Fanula? Where can they find me? <laughs> <laughs> that's my outlook. Yeah. You don't get to take that from me. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. You're going to come back and talk about... We're not going to say what you're going to talk yeah. about because I do that to every guest. But yeah. you we, you have a good idea for something and I think yes. people are going to love it. Um, but I've loved chatting our pop with you yeah. and I'm so grateful to have you here and thank to you speak so about much. it more Dara so thank you so much for joining me on Flap Culture thank you so much thank you and you can stream our pop wherever you stream music and all of Maura's links are in the description as well as full links to the interviews we mentioned are you a little monster where do you stand on our pop I'm curious to know I think as a result of this episode our pop is going to be in my Spotify wrapped which I could not have predicted if you'd asked me in January 2022, I had fully given up on that album. Never, ever thought I was going to come back to it. But I'm so glad I did. Do you have a favourite song? Do you still think this album is floppy beyond compare? Let me know. At flopculture underscore pod is where we're at. Come follow on TikTok and Instagram. Let's carry on the conversation. Now, it's time to find out who is top of the flops this week. You're a flop. Top of the flops this week is, like, not to be a Debbie Downer, but it is David Beckham. And I know this is a mad kind of... It's not a U-turn in a way, given what we just talked about, you know. We're talking about a piece of work that provided so much joy for the LGBTQ plus community. Gaga is an artist who very much considers herself a caretaker of that section of society... And then we have David Beckham obviously being this ambassador for the Qatar World Cup. And I don't know why I'm surprised at him being so floppy in these recent weeks because like this conversation around the World Cup and Qatar has been going on for much longer than this week. Um, but it just want, it led me to dig into it, I suppose, a little bit more. Uh, Beckham's kind of been courting Qatar for a long, long time. In 2020, he was in attendance at the Qatar Grand Prix, you know, shaking hands, kissing cheeks, the usual. Um, it's, I don't know, it's gone very much beyond this conversation around active allyship and, you know, comedian Joe Lysett put it this week, how this ambassadorship has essentially shredded his status as a gay icon. I just think this shows Beckham for what he is, which is someone who is more concerned with money, first and foremost, and social status than morals and being an active ally and being there for a community who, to be honest, backed him when they kind of really had no reason to. If you're to crunch the numbers, right, he's not short of a few quid, obviously. Several sources claim his net worth is in excess of £378 million. He earned £673.2 million during his time as a soccer player, according to the Mirror. During this time, he also boasted several lucrative endorsement deals, Armani, Gillette, PepsiCo, Adidas. He launched his own company in 2014, DB Ventures. And that business handles most of his post-soccer career activities. So like some of the endorsements, the Tudor watch brand, his own whiskey brand, Hag Club, Hag Club, whatever. And then according to the Times of London in January this year, uh, he actually agreed to sell 55% of DB Ventures to an American branding company, which owns Reebok, Juicy Couture, the branding rights to Elvis Presley, 
he's very into collecting Elvis memorabilia for some reason, among among others. And it was reported that he could receive upwards of £193 million from the sale of that company. Then we have Beckham's team into Miami, which boasts an annual revenue of £18.8 million. But that team might be the reason why he is so engrossed in Qatar and why he's just being so ignorant to the discussions around LGBTQ plus community, the migrant workers, more on that later. So bear with me, we're going to come back to that. Then we have the deal with Qatar itself, 10-year deal. He is looking to pocket like just under £149 million. You've other sources saying that he's actually going to be paid around £12 million a year for an initial three years with options to extend. Him and Victoria's property portfolio is worth $86 million. Do the pound conversion yourself. And then all of this, you know, because people will argue that he's a big philanthropist. He's given a lot to charity. That's absolutely true. He's worked with UNICEF, the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund for more than 17 years. Himself and Victoria have donated in the millions to the organization's emergency appeal for Ukraine after Russia began its invasion. You've other sources from throughout the year saying that Beckham has raised upwards of £55 million for UNICEF over the years and that he also quietly gives about a million a year from his own pocket. And he works with other charities, Red Cross, Help for Heroes, Wild Aid, Save the Children, blah, blah, blah. But how can you be an ambassador for UNICEF and be named one of the top 10 straight allies at the British LGBT Awards in 2019? The same year the Victoria released that T-shirt to celebrate Pride that had Everyone Deserves Love on it. How can you do that and take cash to do this. It's just, and his justification, as he had a spokesperson gave a quote to The Athletic to try and give any understanding as to why he's doing this. David has been visiting Qatar regularly for over a decade and went on to play for PSG. So he has seen the passion for football in the country and the long-term commitment that's been made to hosting the World Cup and delivering a lasting legacy for the region. He's always talked about the power of football as a force for good on many levels. I just don't get it because this is one of the most influential people in the world. And it's, I just, when he says things like this or when his spokespeople say things like this, I'm like, okay, so do you think you're going to be able to pull an inside job, reverse psychology kind of thing, you know, that he'll be able to make the change from the inside, which I don't think it's that, by the way, because it's just not. But I think also to reduce sport to and distill it to the absolute simplest thing of, you know, people kicking balls and scoring goals and all that. That's not what it is. It's fundamentally about people. It's fundamentally about teams. It's fundamentally about community, about supporters, about fans. And those people make up a wide spectrum of genders, ethnicities, sexual orientations. I just don't get it. And it makes me just very angry when you even think of the people, even beyond the argument again around uh, Qatar's human rights violations, everything like that. 
how they treat LGBTQ plus people. If you were to look at the thousands, the thousands of unexplained deaths and still think the cash was worth it when you were already worth so much money. Boggles. The mind boggles. The main theory at the minute as to why he's doing this is, remember I mentioned Inter Miami? Uh, basically, they have a matter of news, as I mentioned there, 18.8 million pounds. Uh, in that same athletic piece, they have sources that say that the long-term plan is to bring Qatar in as a partner at Inter Miami. Uh, and they've talked about it before, but it's never progressed beyond talks. Uh, there was a shirt sponsorship deal with Qatar Airways, uh, or there was talk of it, but that never materialised. And then they ended up, Inter Miami ended up having to go with a cryptocurrency firm for shirt sponsorship. Basically, David's Inter Miami team don't have a permanent playing spot. I can't believe I'm pretending to be a sports journalist and a financial journalist at the same time. But anyway, they don't have a permanent spot to play. So Qatari investment would mean they'd basically get a load of bobs and they'd be able to build a stadium for them because uh, city taxpayers in Miami have basically been like, we are not, we're not paying for a stadium because there was huge controversy around Miami, Maryland's expensive baseball diamond. Go Google that. I'm not talking about this here because I don't know enough about it. Um, so that's why it's money. It'll always be money uh, and we need to eat the rich. I don't care if they're good at football. I don't care if they are a Spice Girl because they don't care about us and they never will. It's about their bottom line and it always will be. And that makes you a flop. Well, on that cheery note, thank you so much for listening. We are on Instagram and TikTok under flopculture underscore pod and you can get in touch as always at helloflopculture at gmail.com. If you leave a five-star review in your name or nickname on Apple Podcasts, I will recommend a bop to you. You can also leave a five-star review on Spotify and this week's bop is for Una S. Thank you so much for your lovely review. I really appreciate it. Your bop this week is Sabrina Carpenter's album, Emails I Can't Send. I paid no attention to this upon its release, but TikTok force-fed it to me, essentially. And it's very good. If you like pop, R&B girlies, it's very fun. It puts forward a very strong case for her as a legitimate pop star as opposed to another Disney multi-hyphenate. Nonsense is a class tune. And you know what? We, we said it on bandwagons. Remember around the whole Olivia Rodrigo. And you know, we said it on bandwagons around the whole Olivia Rodrigo drama and when Sabrina released her own like diss track under my skin and we said that would be the one that would uh, you know reign supreme we were wrong there but you know what I was right about her star power and I'm excited to see where she goes from here can someone let me know if she's playing in Ireland because I'd love to go see her enjoy that Una have a good one bopping to that at the weekend last episode of season one next week balling I will see you then this podcast has been edited, as always, by Adam Shanahan. And our work is by Brian Lambert. Bye.